The holidays are a kind of a strange time, especially when it comes to those family gatherings. Uh, you know, the, the, this is the season for that. Uh, some will travel, some will stay here, some will go to other people, some people will come to you with family and close friends. I had a surreal moment at Thanksgiving when we went to my side. Maybe you had this. See, our family hadn't met together in person in two years. And it was a very surreal experience because though we were close, we felt kind of distant. Oh, oh, there was no estrangement. There was no strain on the relationship. It, It was just that you had, you know, kids that were were toddlers when you last saw them now were children you 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 had kids that were uh middle schoolers that were now in, in high school and kids that were in high school that were now getting ready to graduate and so so time had passed and you felt this very real sense of distance it's kind of like that this time of year because of everything that we've been through the last couple of years. But maybe you've been through something like that and had nothing to do with COVID. You ever feel distant with someone? Do you ever feel that even though you're physically close, there's miles between you? If you've ever experienced distance... And I'm talking about physical distance, but relational distance. It can be like a family estrangement, people that you're close to, but for whatever reason, people aren't talking to one another or the the relationship's not what it should be. It, It can be with friends. You know, old friends drift apart. You see someone on Facebook and you think, gosh, I haven't... It's been years since, since we've connected when you used to be so close. People will come and go. Or sometimes you think of a person, you think, you know, I wonder how they're doing. And you, you type in their name and you go, whoa, we're not friends anymore. When did that happen? I thought everybody loved me. <laughs> Maybe you send a text to someone and, and you really just are, you know, they're on your heart and 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 they do what's called ghosting. You just don't ever hear anything. It can be hard, can it? When you experience distance, especially with people who should be close. Now magnify that by like a billion. If you've ever been here, you've experienced distance with God. You ever been there? M- maybe some of you are there this morning. Oh, yes, you, you, you dressed nicely and, and you looked people in the eye and you were friendly and you made chit-chat. And you're here to worship God in spirit and in truth. But though you're here, your heart, as Jesus said, is far from him. You ever feel like God is distant? Maybe it's... Maybe it's been a while. Maybe it's been a long while since you talked to him. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe you feel extreme guilt over your sin. 
Maybe you've been through some very hard things and you're mad at God. Maybe you blame him. Or maybe you just drifted. Can I gently remind you that the God of heaven never changes and has not moved? When we feel distant from God, it's us that has done the moving. If you've ever felt distant from God, uh, you would not be the first human being to feel like that. Even for people of faith, there are times when we feel that distance from someone who knows us better than we know ourselves. Someone who should be closer, (laughs) as close as any person or being could be to us, is your creator. The psalmist said, O Lord, you have formed me and you know me. imagine, Imagine feeling distance from someone like that. Genesis 3 describes our fallen world, or more, more accurately, the beginning of the fallenness. When, when, you, when, you, when you look on the news app and, and you see 15-year-olds shooting up schools, the evil and the atrocity in our world, that happens Not because God moved, but because we did. If you care to follow along, I hope that you do. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. And let's go back to the beginning of the distance. As we think about our relationship to God. In Genesis chapter 1... And Genesis chapter 2, we are given a story that's so beautiful and so perfect. In fact, repeatedly in that story, God says that it was good. That's a phrase repeated over and over again. And he creates Adam and he creates Eve and the world is good. Why wouldn't it be? God created it. God made it. It's perfect. It's literal utopia. But then, then we read in Genesis chapter 3 something that happened that made it less than perfect. The serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. 
And then the Lord, uh, then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together, and they made loincloths. Now, what's what's interesting here is you have the beginning of distance because God had made everything, created everything. It tells us that they would walk with God. And how do we know that? Well, the next verse, the one of the saddest verses in the Bible. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden, but the Lord called to the man, Where are you? Human beings, when they mess up, when they sin, something within us wants to hide from God, wants to hide ourselves from God, which is sort of a silly idea, right? I mean, can you play hide and seek with God? I'm hiding. There you are. Now, why does God ask this question, where are you? He certainly knows which tree they're hiding behind. This is no surprise to him. He's not asking where they are physically. He's asking about the state, oh God, the state of their spiritual condition. Ty, come here just a second. See, you see, when God made this in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, what happens in Genesis 3 is this. You see, God didn't move. They moved. Thanks, Ty. God didn't move. They moved. Now, if you're here this morning and you've felt pretty much like you're right here, even though you're in a pew, or, or if there are people who are not here because they feel here, I have good news for you. From, from Genesis chapter 4 forward is the story of God and man mending the relationship. You see, from Genesis 3 (laughs) forward, we have been here. We have been hiding from God and complaining that he is hard to find. But from Genesis chapter 4 going forward, we have the story of how God closed the gap. It wasn't that human beings clawed and gripped and found their way back to God. No, that's not the story at all. The story is how God moved toward us to redeem us. To bridge the gap between deity and humanity. In fact, if you could summarize the story of the entire book... The message is a a paraphrase. It's not a translation, okay? A paraphrase is just kind of glossing over the details and giving you the gist of it. Well, if you had the ultra paraphrase, you could summarize 
this book in one word, and it's the word closer. It's the story not of us coming to God, it's the story of God moving toward us. In Exodus chapter 19, we have the story of the Israelites, God's people. And, and the, in Exodus chapter 19, Moses describes this interesting picture of a meeting point on a mountain. It says that God descended to the top of the mountain and called Moses to ascend. It's God coming down, God moving closer. He descended to the mountaintop. But but not just anybody could come up on the mountain. It was a select few. And God gives the law, and God, as one of the parts of the law, says, I want to dwell among you. And so, God gives instruction for what we call the tabernacle, which is a very fancy word for tabernacle. Tent. It is movable. But, but the way that the Israelites camped out when they were without a home was they centered the tabernacle around, uh, uh, they put the tabernacle right in the center, and all the Israelite tribes camped around the presence of God. And God dwelt with them. Although, although there's still some distance here because... because Because God is holy, and we are not. And so he had Levite priests to handle the sacrifices. And not just anyone could go into the holy of holies where the presence of God was, but only certain few, and, and only the most high priest once a year to make sacrifice and atonement. You see, they, they were closer, but there was still distance Then in 1 Kings chapter 6, that presence becomes more permanent with Solomon's temple. But with Solomon's temple, there was still distance. It was more permanent than the tabernacle, but it was... It was, and it was magnificent, my goodness, Uh, when it was later destroyed and the Jews came back from captivity, they wept. At the new temple because it was nothing like the original. And so God moved closer at each point. And then, for what we're going to talk about in this series, God showed up. Not in a tabernacle, not in a tent, not on a mountain, not in a temple, but Right here, with us, right next to us, where we could sit next to our Creator, where the Spirit God put on flesh and made His dwelling among us. He moved all that way. You know why? This person right here. And so, we're going to talk about this moment in this story, because this is the literal moment when God showed up. Now, 
have to give a little bit of a, you know, a warning on this one. Because there, there's some part of history in our heritage among the churches of Christ that we didn't want to be anywhere near Christmas. We didn't want to talk about Christmas because it was all of the world. It was all what the denominations did. It, it was, you know, there's nothing biblical about the idea. It never says December 25th in there. Why bother? Well, here's why. Because there's four entire chapters of this book that talk about this moment when God came to us. And so to not talk about this moment in history is unbiblical. We need to spend some time understanding in the Gospels why God came to us. And as we go along, we'll see some things that, you know, in the, in the, in the modern, you know, in the world's idea of Christmas, we'll see some things that aren't true. We'll see some things that aren't biblical. Uh, we, we, we never know that Jesus was born on December 25th. I suppose it's got a 1 in 365th chance of being accurate. But there's nothing biblical about that at all. Uh, we don't know that, we never hear that Mary rode into Bethlehem on a donkey. Now that's a picture you get. We don't know that there were three wise men. It never says that. Oh, well, well, yes, it does. It says, no, it says there were, there were three gifts. Well, you know, there's confusion. Maybe we have an opportunity to talk about the Bible story. And more than just the details, the story of God showing up. And he didn't show up quite like we might expect. Turn to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, is when Paul describes this moment in all of human history. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, and he's talking about the relationship between you know, with God and us and the difference between sons and heirs and slaves and all of that. It, it's a beautiful passage, but just focus on the one verse, verse 4 of chapter 4. Paul says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. The Gospel of John, which Brent already read for you this morning, describes this moment even more majestically. He describes it in the way that John, unique to all of the Gospels, would describe things. Very picturesque, very descriptive in a creative way. What does John say in the beginning of his Gospel? Well, verse 14 of the Gospel of John says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. In, in theological terms, we call it the incarnation, when God put on skin. 
when the eternal God all of a sudden was bound by time. When the all-powerful God grew tired, hungry, and frustrated. When God became flesh. He, he did that for a reason. It was the creator of all things stepping into the creation. It was light, as John will say, permeate, permeating the darkness. It was the word becoming flesh. It was the eternal becoming to earth. It was the writer of the book stepping into the page. It was the author stepping into the story. It was the artist stepping into the painting. Do you understand the significance of God with us, dwelling among us? You see, in Jesus, we could finally see God face to face. God came as close to us as ever in Christ Jesus. And there, there was a time there was so much distance, you couldn't even set your face upon God and live. But with Jesus, you could look into the eyes of deity. With Jesus, you could hold the hand of God. With Jesus, you could hear the voice of the Almighty. With Jesus, we could again walk with God. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Paul writes that we are in this state with Jesus. And and he talks first about the preeminence, how Christ was before all things. But I want you to pay attention to this whole passage. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in everything, He might be preeminent. For in in Him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through Him to reconcile to Himself all Things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by his blood, by the blood of the cross. You see, the good news is this because of Jesus, God no longer has to be distant. Deity is no longer distant. In Christ, God came close. No longer separated by a mountain, a man, a law, or even your mess. There's no longer a separation unless you choose for there to be a separation. In Jesus, God came close. And so as we think about the story of 
God with us. You, you need to understand a couple of things as we enter this series. We're talking about more than just a baby. On that dark night, whenever it was, in a tiny farming town of Bethlehem, to a young virgin woman, in that moment, Paul says, in the fullness of time, was the moment in human history when God showed up. Now, why did he do that? What was his purpose? You know, when, when, when we talk about when God showed up, <laughs> we usually mean something serious happens. You, you, you know that, that moment? Teenagers, do you ever have a moment when you push your parents just a little too far? You, you give them just a little too much attitude, just a little bit of snark, slam that door just a little bit hard, and all of a sudden you know you've gone too far. And maybe mom, maybe dad says, that's it! I've had it! We might describe that as a God showed up. So why is God showing up? You see, when we think of God showing up, we think because he's angry, because he wants to destroy us, because, and rightfully, justfully, he could. He has. But this time, this time, when God showed up, it was very, very different. Very, very different. And if you want to know more about why he did that, well, you'll have to come back next Sunday. Christ is the only way to be close to God. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. If you don't know the Father, uh, well, your first answer to that, to closing the distance, is in Jesus the Christ. If you're ready to put on Christ this morning, we'd be glad to help you with that. Or if you have any other spiritual need, we're going to sing a song here in just a moment. And you can head to the back and speak with one of our shepherds. Don't forget that God showed up for a reason. And the reason has everything in the world to do with you. If you have a spiritual need, head to the back as we sing this next song.